we could continue our you know our, our liberty series and pick up where we left off you know i think we talked about uh, shelter food water medicine i don't think we got really into self-defense or anything like that uh, fortifying your your shelter or you know whatever else you guys want to go into that i don't know what what is it today's thursday somebody help me with the math so that's friday saturday sunday monday how many hours is that 100 some hours 120 some hours the election yeah because if you can count in terms of hours before your event you're actually in your evacuation plan you're not in your fort you're and if your shit's not already fortified you're you're about as good as you're gonna get yeah so you know which is like you know kind of shitty and defeatist but objective and feel like a motherfucker so because there's already been you know besides the league um there's been far more intelligent and worldly people that have already said that you're now within your evacuation window if you live someplace that is um uh, under the potential of direct threat from the uh uh, direct action that's what they're calling it that are, that are that are planned on election day if you're in an area where there could be rioting it's time to take a long vacation so that would that would go along with your post jay that you just made about paris the evacuation there yeah i mean it's it, it, it's it's somewhat related but no i was actually the the the, the further comment to the Paris criticism was is that it's it's not time to leave it's actually time to turn around and fasten uh bayonet <laughs> if I lived in, if I lived in Paris that's all the Paris really has left like Paris Paris uh, France has entirely fallen the prime minister gave a, 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 a just a, an incredible uh, statement um, within the last 48 hours that France has fallen so you know. Well, that, I'm completely ignorant of that. So if your game, you know, Jay, given us, I think this is good content, what you're saying. I mean, it, it might not seem like it to you, but. No, I think uh, it is. I was actually going to say, shut up and let's uh, let's record that. You know what I mean? Cause France like, on high alert after suspected terror attack leaves three dead two hours ago. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so let, let, let's look at the verbiage there. And um, change change it from suspect to two people were beheaded. Not a knife attack. They were actually beheaded. Okay. They were actually. Let's talk beheaded, about it. Let's talk about this. Which thing. is the third? Which is the third beheading this month in France? All right, Tom. I mean, this is just going to be. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. So let's roll. I like it. Let me let me put a fresh Copenhagen in then. Yeah, dip it, dip it. You stack and packed. Um, All right, let's do this. <clears throat> Leadheads, we are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast, and we're bringing this one to you just before election. And you can guess my who my guests are for this episode. We've got the LOP himself, Jay, with the League of Pirates. Jay, awesome. welcome in. This is John Poncherello. John Poncherello. <laughs> yeah. This gonna be my new alias. Is John Poncherello. Okay, so you're new, now you're John Poncherello. And then we've got Brian with Occam Defense Solutions. Great to be here again. Yeah, glad to have you. And you've got a buddy with you today. Who's who's joining hey, you today? Yeah. 
I've got my favorite Polish descendant in the house, Mr. James Bialczyk. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Bialczyk, also known as. <laughs> yeah, however you want to pronounce it, you know. We uh, we welcome you back, James. From uh, We had a great episode not too long ago with James on. We talked about uh, his company, Factory 47, and got into some other things, too. So welcome in, James. We're glad to have you on this episode. Yeah, thanks for having me back. And then also joining us... We've got a newbie, but he's not really a newbie. He's been on the show before, too. Uh, but he's a newbie to this group. We've got our good buddy Jared with 212 Training Group joining us. Jared, welcome in. What's up, guys? Greetings from Texas. Thanks for having me. So we've kind of got a good uh, representation of the the country here because you're out in Texas. I'm in Tennessee. Brian and James are uh, – kind of the northwest i guess you would say areas up there representing and then the league of pirates is everywhere i don't know if you want to know people to know where you're at or not but i think you've told them on other episodes you're down south deep down south they can figure it out they can figure it out yeah. it's not it's not a secret. uh but uh i thought we would just kind of sit down and just kind of reflect on on the way things are right now before the you know our last episode they have with these guys we called it the political hurricane uh, touches down and we're just hours away from that uh just days away as you're listening to this leadhead so um let's just kind of let's just kind of go around the table here and just take a pulse of everybody and uh the way that you're seeing things in your area now as far as how the your community's reacting and uh, kind of leaning and uh, we'll start down south with lop well we had uh we had candidate number two visiting locally and um, interesting points here is that um, they didn't announce that he was coming to give a campaign speech. Oh, really? Which, a surprise speech, huh? Well, it wasn't really a surprise. I mean, you know, it. there were ways to be aware of it, but the, um, it wasn't promoted to build a crowd, and that makes me really interested to know what the marketing strategy behind that was because if you're going to have somebody come down for a campaign you think that you would want more than like 12 people to show up but that seems to be fairly consistent with the brand messaging because yeah. every time he shows up somewhere there seems to be like you know no one there um which is in direct contrast to when uh you know captain cheeto shows up and it and it's like a super bowl party <laughs> i love your right? nicknames <laughs> well i don't really like either one of them so you know there's that yeah but, uh, well you know there's always it, kanye hey look man you know orville redenbacher is pretty typically my writing candidate because i vote conscience uh -huh. so you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of looking forward to the idea of our military getting new uniforms. Con Kanye outfitting our military with Azads. I don't know. You know, I liked him when his mouth was wired shut better. So <laughs> yeah. there's uh, there's that. But so, you know, we have that interestingly going on. But, you know, in, in particular down here, um, there's really not much going on. Um, it's very sedate for, you know, the greater you know, uh, Miami Metroplex kind of, um, there's really nothing going on. There's actually a, uh, huge lack of, um, uh, presidential campaign signs down here. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, we also have. I don't recall seeing a lot of signs out this year either. No, come to curious, think of it. right? It's, yeah. No, I mean, like you know, you kind of have to take a. If you once again, if you take a forty thousand foot view of what's actually going on here, is there actually even a legitimate uh, race this year? This because this doesn't really seem like there is, which makes me suspicious of other things. But um, you know, I you know we have our mayors and we you know we have our uh, you know congressional races and everything else, and those signs are everywhere. Yeah. But there's really there's nothing visceral. There's you know. Um, in, in all reality, um, it's just another Thursday down here. There really isn't anything going on, but we're also in a portion of the country where we didn't really have any protests or any riots. Um, mm -hmm. Whether or not that has a uh, relationship to this being a uh, stand-your-ground state and uh, having a metric fuck-ton of concealed weapons permit carriers <laughs> or not, I'm really not entirely sure. But we're not in a, um, you know, for being in such a heavily, or, uh, heavily is what I tried to say, because this is far from heavenly. No, um, it's that big dip you got in your lip. That's what it is. Hey, you know, Checking okay. up your enunciation. But that's all right. Okay. So, Brian, let's go up to, up to you guys up there in, uh, in Moscow. And uh, how, how are things going up there? You know, there's been a lot of local tension regarding masks. You know, Trump even tweeted about it. We've got a, a local issue here with um, people getting arrested over disobeying the mask order. And um, that is, you know, probably the single biggest issue that people are talking about locally and how much um, authority the city council thinks it has over people's bodies. Mm -hmm. And um, so that is easily, I think, the the number one issue that divides people around here. Um, and your Moscow police are actually enforcing that? They're actually arresting people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, five people were arrested. Um, and they weren't arrested to because of the masks. They And this is a, a maybe a... Um, <clears throat> Maybe a, um, a, a distinction without a difference. Mm -hmm. um, they were arrested for failing to give ID to an officer when asked for it. And so because they couldn't ID them, they arrested them. Um, I think the it, it from the outside, it appears that the police are not happy with the position they're being put in. Sure. Um, but it is a... The more that I learn about it, the more complicated an issue and the more gray it becomes. And it's, you know, um, I personally don't think anybody should be put in a cage over whether they wear a mask or not. Um, but I'll just leave it that it's it's gray. Um, and, uh, yep, and I, I do believe that there are lots of constitutional rights being violated. Um, you know, there's no asterisks next to freedom of assembly. And so... You know, are you um, seeing a lot of um, protests there, or not? Not necessarily just protests, but but political rallies, gatherings out in public um, in your area. Not in particular. You know, Idahoans are generally extremely courteous and well-behaved folks, and so most folks are just showing up to work and doing their jobs. Our unemployment rate is very low here. 
right now um, because people never shut down and never quit going to work. And so uh, it's a wonderful place to live in that regard. And, and um, you know, people are generally pretty good at taking care of each other. Like we don't have a homeless problem here um, because the churches get together and they swap nights on setting up a shelter for folks that need it. And that's very much the general, you know, it's functionally libertarian in many ways. Um, but there, this authoritarianism, um, that's creeping in is, is bothering most folks, um, in one way or another. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say that's easily the dominant topic on people's minds and the candidates are stacked up, um, accordingly. Um, the Democrats here do not have Democrat party listed anywhere in their campaign website or in their ads or anything like you have to drill really far down to figure out how somebody is, is politically leaning. Um, the, the way the Democrat candidates are, um, positioning themselves is on quote unquote kitchen table issues like jobs and education. And, uh, which I think is a, um, a good strategy for them. I personally, um, think that, the Democrat Party is its leadership is so reprehensible and its platform is so reprehensible right now that I've got a personal problem with anybody that still aligns themselves with that party. But, um, you know, that's just me. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's the that's by far the local deal. There are I live at Moscow is also kind of the Berkeley of Idaho. It's the most liberal area. And so in certain neighborhoods, you'll see a ton of Biden signs. And um, but it's a very clustered it's two clustered areas that, that lean that way. And, um, most people just want to be left the hell alone is how I'd put it. You know, people are well behaved here and they want the government not in their lives. I think that that probably goes for most areas in our country. Yep. Uh, what about yep. you, James, in your area? What are you, uh, what are you seeing? Uh, pretty much about the same. I'd say, I mean, if you see political stuff, it's either local candidates or, Honestly, there's a lot of Trump stuff. Uh, I've traveled around a little bit around the state and different places. And even in our, our university towns, which are very left-leaning, there's a lot of Trump stuff. People driving around with Trump flags, things like that. You, I don't think I've seen anything for Biden anywhere. Um, and you're in Montana, right? Montana, yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as uh, the hot issues, I don't know that anyone there's too amped up about any one thing um the legalization of marijuana is on the ballot this year so you know that's the kind of the topic i guess but really yeah. most people give a shit one way or the other um and then uh you know the mask thing i think is you know contentious for some of us but uh you know it's about it nothing too crazy montana is usually pretty isolated off in its own world um you know it's hunting season right now nobody cares about the election they're just going out trying to get a big help <laughs> That's so. that's kind of me. I haven't I haven't really been out in public much. I've been uh, I've been here in the office uh, doing uh, shows, editing, and then going out and prepping the the hunting area there out on our farm. So I've, I've I haven't been social distancing, but I've been distancing myself from just the general public just to get away from all this nonsense. But. This episode of Talking Lead is brought to you in part by Occam Defense. The guys at Occam love the AK, but didn't love burning their hands, getting cut by their pre-sharpened gun, or the lack of options for accessories. After spending a few years in the lab, they've recently released the ODS 1775, 
which brings the best of the AR family to the Kalashnikov's reliability. It's still an AK under the hood. AK mags, forged Polish AK parts, but with American aerospace manufacturing practices and ingenuity. Check them out at OccamDefense.com or on Instagram at Solutions. What about in Texas there, Jared? Well, it's, uh, it's interesting. Most people are just wanting to run their businesses. And uh, the, the biggest impact I think that we've seen here locally, I'm in uh, a fairly, fairly rural area. Uh, we're about 30 miles west of Waco, uh, hour and a half from Austin. Austin's been a, a place where there's been a number of protests and they shut down I-35 one night or were attempting to, but Texas DPS moved in and kind of uh, busted that up fairly quickly. Um, Austin's been in the news for, of course, defunding their police department, but the governor stepped in and and basically said, okay, Department of Public Safety will just take over, uh, which they're already stretched pretty thin. But um, Austin's, it's, it's the California of Texas, and um, it's an odd place. You know, Dallas is a fairly blue county or uh, Tarrant County and, and Houston also, um, but that's been the center of, of – the majority of the protest and they've been fairly minor. Um, but you know, here, most of us just want to be left alone, you know, kind of echoing what you guys have said. Um, you know, one thing that I found frustrating and I think it's occurring nationwide is the impact that this has had on an already suffering education system. Um, it's been so hard to get, you know, kids engaged and wanting to learn these days. And now this has just shoved that over the edge and their the level of apathy has skyrocketed, um, in, in education. That's been really disheartening. So, um, you know, my wife is still in education and of course we've got kids in school and, and they're just lost, you know, they don't, and the uncertainty is tough on the kids, but I think the majority of the people that I know that are business owners are really struggling with the uncertainty of what this election is going, how it's going to further impact um, business and the economy. And that's that's the big, I don't want to say fear, but mm-hmm. that's the biggest concern is the economy. Yeah. And uh, last episode, Brian had given a stat uh, that, was, that was alarming. Uh, you remember that stat about the number, the percentage of um, – Democrats that were ready to to go back to everyday life, normal life, return to work, kind of thing. It was like really low. I think it was. Five. I'm 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 stretching, but I think it was like three percent for women and five percent for men. Yeah. And um, so I think that that's a very telling statistic there, and and mirrors what I've seen in the media at least, um, sort of general general impressions from those folks, but. I'll, I'll admit to uh, not having a lot of social contact with folks on the left these days. Sure. Yeah. You know, you guys were talking about masks. I, I think the the general uh, opinion here is people don't want to wear them. And it's interesting. There's very few places in Texas that I've walked into without one on where they say, oh, you can't come in. Most of the time they just kind of, you know, they want your business. And a few weeks ago, we were in Ohio, and you couldn't go anywhere. We walked into a place after training one night at 11 o'clock 
we were the only ones that were in the place and they would not serve us because we didn't have masks on. Wow. They just didn't want the business. They said, nope, you got to leave. Go. No, and it's they were very, fairly very, rude about it. Yeah, it's, 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 a very cons- it's a very consistent, observable pattern that in areas where you have high concentrations <clears throat> or predominant populations of Democrats, progressives, and liberals, um, you have a compulsion to be, uh, or you're compelled to comply with statist rule. And my area is like that, that there's um, a, 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 a direct social pressure that if you're not wearing your PPE, then there's something wrong with you. And and they're kind of and they're kind of quick to remind you that hey you're being antisocial why don't you come and uh, you know join our team unless you're an asshole and that's very consistent with places like New York Boston California uh, Boston Chicago Atlanta Nashville uh, Nashville <laughs> right yeah where you find progressivism where you find leftists. You will also find statism, and then you will find de facto authoritarianism. Yep. An interesting experience. I got away for a weekend with my kids and wife, which was wonderful, and we were driving just through a pretty large swath of Idaho, and we ended up in a little lake town, and uh, we went into one store, and it's the only one I've seen in Idaho where it said, you you will be ejected promptly or something like that if if you're not wearing a mask. I thought, oh, this will be interesting. And uh, so I threw one on and walked in and the lady working the counter was 75, 78 years old, somewhere in there. And I was like, oh, I am super happy to do voluntary business with this person who is at high risk, um, you know, and and wear a mask so that she can be protected. And I, I would hate to make that person sick. And so it was a real easy experience for me. And I think that mirrors most conservatives' feelings, maybe not all, but you know, if if somebody is immunocompromised or in a high risk age group and it offers a three percent advantage or something to wear a mask, and I'm not sure that it conveys any advantage, but just out of decency for the elderly, I've got no personal problem wearing a mask. And, you know, that person saying in order to have us have a voluntary exchange, these are the conditions. You know, I'm just wondering, is does everybody else feel that way? Or I think or? what you got, though, is a whole different a whole different uh, topic, because um Requiring or, or, or forcing somebody to wear something is control. Asking somebody to wear something for you know health reasons, human decency, whatever it is, is a whole different thing. So one exactly. is tyranny, and the other is reasonable request. And that is exactly yeah. my so, and even a demand on the part of a private business owner saying, if yeah, you want absolutely. to do business so, with me, these are the conditions. Like you got to wear a shirt. You but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fair weather Liberty fan. Like I believe Liberty goes always. If you have a private business, it doesn't matter what you request of me to come in. I have a, that's your private business and you get to decide that. Mm-hmm. And then I get to decide if I want to be a patron of that business. And so yeah, I yeah. don't judge any business that re- like, I'll tell you right now, I work ambulance for what, 14 years or 12 years or some shit. I don't know. Um, we're required or asked in our policies to wear a mask on certain calls for years. Mm-hmm. No problem. 
the minute they came down and said, you will wear a mask when you go here, you go here, when you walk, when you, when you come in the building, you're going to do this, you can do that because the governor said so. Now I have a problem. So at yep. that point, I said, okay, I'm never wearing a mask fucking again. And they, <laughs> right. Seriously. And they right. said, they said, well, that puts us in a bad situation. Fine. Yep. I get it. You right. make the next move. Right. But I'm not wearing one. Well, what if you went on this call? You know what? I'm not wearing one ever the fuck again. You ruined it. And that's that's yep. where I draw the line because I have to. Benjamin mm. Franklin said that rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. I have an obligation to that now. Yep. Um, and so I, I, I will not. But if I go into a business and this happens you know, here and there and somebody's like, hey, in our business, you have to wear one. Well, I respect your business and I respect your liberty. of, of you know, That's your choice in your business. That's not the governor dictating to me. Governor doesn't get to dictate to me. He works for me. You know, so that's yeah. where the, the line is drawn. Now, if, if, you know, if Gam Gam down the road wants me to help her plow her snow or some shit and she's an at-risk person, that's human decency. And I'm going right, to have a choice right. to be a good human being. Right. But, you know, if I show up at her house and yeah. I go to put my mask on and the governor you looks make a good point. Yeah. put that on, I'm going to be like, now, fuck you. No, that's, you that's a, a beautiful distillation of what that's, I was trying to convey. Yeah. voluntary association between grown-ups and kids or whatever all about and it and and you, yep you've said it nicely if the government steps in and says no we own your body and what you do with it both middle fingers go up yeah yeah, yeah at totally. that point they do get a mask and it's guy fox and that's the only <laughs> fucking one i'll ever put on my face <laughs> kiss my ass <laughs> you know you know another interesting uh narrative that we're hearing now is is the media telling us that maybe we shouldn't spend time with our family this holiday season. That when when they start trying to to brainwash people into thinking, oh no, we're going to call Thanksgiving off because it's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. I have a huge problem with that. And and even you know, I keep going back to young people. Because well, even Halloween. I mean, they they've started with Halloween. Yeah, the Halloween has been right. canceled right. in a lot of places. You know? Yep. Uh, yeah, Halloween. I'm in, I'm in I'm actually in a place where Halloween is being um, strongly discouraged. However, um, we are um, we're doing Halloween, so there's that. And if I mean, you even wear masks sure. on Halloween. So. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you know, no, I mean, but those kind don't uh, count. We, we, we came up. They we, provide uh, just as much protection as this janky mask that they require to wear anyway that's right we came up with we came up with a plan in my neighborhood and um and we're gonna just roll with um status quo we're doing halloween the same way we did halloween the last bunch of years awesome and if they don't like it you can call the sheriff's department and um they can't what are they gonna do arrest a bunch of kids no but they'll arrest the parents it it really you know, there's some terrifying footage. Well, terrifying is maybe too strong a word, but really troubling footage at the minimum uh, coming out of New York City where Bill de Blasio, he he loves him some Black Lives Matter and he hates him some Jews. And uh, he has the, the anti-Semitic stuff he's and the targeting of Jewish communities that he's done there is pretty horrific. But there was some video of um, uh, they're having like a... a I think there's some, well, it doesn't matter, but a small prayer group of, you know, it's 10 or 12 dudes. Um, and uh, there was a complaint to the police about parking on the street. And then the police looked up in the window 
and saw more than two men in in a room and they forced their way into the house and I never saw what the outcome was but the I saw the con- video of the confrontation and it is and where the cops repeat all this that that was their justification for entering the home and uh I mean I think if you're still living in New York City you got to screw loose but but uh you know just watching that kind of behavior is deeply troubling and again the the I try to bring it back to like you know these people think they can control what you do with your body and where you put it and can put you in a cage they are putting people in cages over this kind of stuff hold on a second but it's my body it's my choice what oh, that's that? <laughs> what happened? It's my body. It's my choice. Very doesn't, doesn't fit. Doesn't fit their narrative for this scenario. So they get to change the it. They get to change it. Am I late? Am I too late? Because like I got the most bitchin' pussy hat for fucking Halloween ever. <laughs> <laughs> Are you wearing oh, it right I, now? Oh, uh, it's actually in my pants, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep your camera off then yeah <laughs> please please well, I'm, I'm walking so you might be able to hear it it's kind of <laughs> like a wet mop <laughs> speaking of wet mops in your pants uh what's going on in france <laughs> oh france france is being france actually um you know, I, I had put a post up and, you know, I had like nine people chime in and said, yeah, but it's France. Like they run from everything. Well, you know, that's cool. But tonight, the um, tonight is when the curfew kicks in. So they have a mass evacuation happening. And I'm actually really curious to see who's the, who are the Parisians that are actually evacuating. Because this is also the week that they've had three beheadings by the... Um, let me use Paul's words. Um, hold on. Yeah. Fuck, man. What does Paul call it? He has a great... He has, um, Markle? Paul Markle? Mm-hmm. Aloha snack bar? Not that? <sighs> no, not that. Um, emissaries of peace or some shit. But uh, anyways, they've had, three, they've had three beheadings. And french prime minister or maybe it was the mayor of paris i can't remember which one it was i just skimmed it unfortunately but he had said that france has fallen to the muslim refugees and the last time that happened right you know other things happened but apparently the church isn't really interested in doing what they did the last time france fell to the moors but um France is in really rough shape, man. Um, like more than more than usual, and I would argue that it's probably in worse uh, occupation than it was under the Reich, because the Reich didn't try to replace the population. They just said, "Hey, look, be cool. If you're a Jew, you're going to die. If you're a Catholic, you're going to die." Right? That, that that was obviously heinous. But they said to the to everybody else. Hey, look, we're just going to borrow your country. And if we win, you'll become Germans. And they were like, ah, well, that sucks, but it's better than being dead. And we see what you're doing in Poland. So, you know, you want to croak monsieur or what? And uh, <laughs> so there are actual right, beheadings. And if, if you if you try to find a story on it and you look at all the headlines, it says knife attack. 
Yeah, yeah. Three killed in terrorist knife attack. Well, technically, that's true, right? That's technically true, right? If you use Newspeak and all this, you know, uh, reread, you know, 1984 anytime you want, because it's kind of the blueprint for what's happening right now globally. It's true. It is factual. There was a knife attack. A knife was used. He didn't use a fucking bulldozer or a lightsaber. He used a knife, right? (laughs) Lightsaber, yeah. And this is all in just response to, you know, another, you know, uh, I believe it was a teacher who was uh, beheaded in the middle of the street, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I remember reading that uh, that story. And then the, the next two were, um, I believe, inside of a church. And as a result of that, they've um, the recent edict that came by this afternoon was that, all right, so we understand that some people are coming and doing some things, reference, right? And it's happening in churches. So instead of going after the people that are doing the things, they're going to shut down we're churches. Not, we're not going to allow you to go to your church and pray to your God. Okay. So let me this let me read a- this. Let me read this real quick. So, and this is how they're they're spinning this in the in the media. And this is a uh, looks like CNN, and it was in uh, is it N I C E? Is that Nice or just Nice? Is it pronounced Nice? Uh, nice. It's man. Nice. It's nice. Okay. Beautiful right. there. So one of the victims, a sixty-year-old woman, was found at the entrance of the church. With a deep cut to her throat. It wasn't a deep cut. It was a through and through, like all the way around. Right, like, but this is know, how this is how like, they're wording like it. Christmas ham. Yeah, like Fri- Christmas ham. <laughs> French anti-terror prosecutor Jean Frackel Ricard said in a press conference, "A 55-year-old man, the church's uh, something with the church, also died from a fatal wound to his throat." Right, because you know. The third casualty, a 44-year-old woman, was stabbed several times before she fled the church. She died at a nearby restaurant. Right. Uh, so, I mean, what what do they gain by not actually saying that these people were decapitated and, and beheaded? Just well, they did the teacher. I'll, well, I'll t- I'll tell you what France doesn't get is they don't get Lebanon or Syria. Right, because if they start firing it up and saying, "Hey, hey, hey, hold on a second, we let you all motherfuckers in here. We we thought you were going to become French and and just like you know participate in our you know uh you know democratic season wine, right? You know, and in fact, they just said, "Yeah, it's a little cold here, but like you're going to give me an apartment, you're going to give me a stipend, right? My kids become French." And we don't have to assimilate. So how about we just perform civilization jihad and we'll breed you out of fucking existence. So that's been happening. The French are like, hey, we don't really know what to do about this, but we're a bunch of globalist shitbags. And if we push back against the UN about the refugee program, they're going to they're going to squeeze us. So they would rather be on their knees than have to stand tall to the UN and say, hey, look, this refugee thing just isn't really working out, right? And unfortunately, there's just entirely too many of them. And again, the last time there were too many of them, 
there are a bunch of dudes really super loyal to God on horses, and they had to push them out by sword. With shields and, and swords. Keith likes everything about the great outdoors. He's a lot like us. Whether we're bow hunting in the backcountry or plinking in the backyard, we want to enjoy each experience to the fullest. Keltec's 22 caliber P17 is Heath's go-to pistol for a good time, on the range, on the trail, and anywhere in between. Weighing in at only 14 ounces with a full magazine, its compact size makes it easy to conceal or tuck away in a small pack, pocket, or space. It comes out of the box ready with a fiber optic front sight, a threaded barrel, a Picatinny rail, and a price point for any budget. With three 16-round magazines, it's ready for hours of pure, unadulterated enjoyment. It's easy, it's affordable, it's accurate, and it's a damn sweet marvel of plinking innovation. The Keltec P17. It's more bang for less buck. They've put they put the city on high alert, you know, maximum alert, whatever. They're in, they've imposed a curfew, and you had made a post on one of your social media showing uh, uh, people like mass exiting, evacuating that area. Um, yeah, they actually. Um, yeah, it's actually. Um, it, it's a great thing to study if if you really want to pay attention to it. Um, the amount of traffic exiting paris is absurd because well where are they gonna go <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i mean yeah where are um, all these people going where are they going right and if if paris is is going to be under a lockdown with a curfew and these people are evacuating functionally becoming themselves refugees and if you want to put it into really interesting terms are these people bugging out? Mm-hmm. Well, what's their plan? And I think that by when we wake up tomorrow morning, there'll be some interesting footage of people roadside without a place to go. And if the and if these people don't have the ability to go somewhere else, you are going to wind up with tent cities in France being at the latitude that it is, is coming up on some snow. Not a good time of year to be homeless in Paris. It's never a good time to be homeless. Yeah. It's a really bad time to be homeless when it's winter and you're, uh, and the city that you live in is under siege. So how can well, we go ahead? And it's even a little trickier than that in that Nice is 600 miles from Paris. It's yeah. almost Italy. And, it's on, uh, yeah, it's on the coast. And that's not the first. Yeah, it's 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 right. It, it's apparently a gorgeous place. I haven't been there, but um, you know, I've heard of other tax attacks. I think in Marseille as well. And so, these yeah, areas Marseille. that were typically sure. like the the quiet or touristy or nice parts, they're seeing it too. So running from Paris, you know, that's. I don't know that you're getting better. It's not like it's just an urban, a, a, an inner city urban issue that we're talking about here. It's absolutely not. And when you have, um, you know, the uh, the regular protests that have been happening in Paris all along, you know, um, that just sort of that was pretty effectively shut down by COVID, right? 
Um, there's actually, you know, side note, there's actually a lot of really big protests that have been happening in reasonably democratic nations that um, were going on and on and on and on. And the host nations were seemingly incapable of suppressing these uprisings until, drumroll, COVID. COVID had an absolute impact on a number of very large, ongoing, protracted protests. As in it, it slowed the roll. No, it actually, like, dead stop. Just completely like, stopped dead stop. Dead stop. Hmm. It's interesting how the opposite has happened here. <sighs> We're the ornery. Protests, they're, they're, they're <laughs> disregarding COVID. You don't hear about those being super spreader events. No. Yet any political rally. Or church you know, gathering. Or church gathering. Or sports gathering. Yeah, it's, a, it's absurd. It's, well, that, it's, a, it's a cultural and sociological phenomenon that Americans, are, that Americans are going to respond oppositely to countries that are slightly more, oh, I don't know, you know, socialist. Yeah, you know, uh, in Israel, I learned recently, it's the conservative end of the spectrum that's pro-mask and the liberal side that's anti-mask. So it, it doesn't correlate super well to political preference in an interesting way. Jay, do you have any insight on that? Not really, but the, you know, the one thing that you uh, that do have to take into consideration is is that American liberalism is not the same as um, international liberalism. Sure. Right. That's like American American anarchists are not the same as European anarchists. Like functionally and ideologically, they're like polar opposites. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that's been most striking to me, and not to change topics on people, but I've been, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in people's thoughts on what I view as a soft coup going on right now in terms of the available information to the American public about what's going on and the complete censorship. And, well, there's the social media censorship that seems to be in lockstep with mainstream media, you know, and the best example, of course, is the, the the leaked Hunter Biden stuff and UPS losing Tucker Carlson's original source material, which I, I think was not a smart idea to not hand carry around. But um, do you guys have an opinion on on what's going on there and and well, uh, treat well, it with the same? They just had those hearings with uh, Google, Facebook, and uh, that other social media. Twitter. Yeah, and Twitter. Twitter uh, about the uh, Section 230 uh, yep. and b basically what they've been doing or what they, you know, suspect them of doing. And, uh, you know, I think that kind of plays into what you are what you were getting at too there, Brian. Well, yes, it, but, it's but bigger than that because you've got NPR saying that they won't even report on it because it's a waste of their time. You've got 60 Minutes saying that they wouldn't talk about it because it couldn't be verified even though the campaign has never um, denied the veracity of any of the stuff. And the computer store owner where this laptop came from, um, you know, said that Hunter Biden's uh, lawyer called to get the laptop back. And uh, just I'm I'm fairly certain that everybody is that everybody listening to this has seen some of it. But basically, far as I can tell, um, Biden is 
uh, implicated pretty strongly between that and the testimony from this guy Bobolinsky mm-hmm. um, in in definite corruption issues that that would disqualify any Republican candidate in a heartbeat. It's stuff that we all know goes on, but it's pretty bald faced. And there's a there smoking were gun in this in this case, and they're they're not willing to expose it. Well, I think part of the problem is, and, and our perspective sometimes is clouded by the people that we surround ourselves with. And we feel, we think that everyone should be appalled at the censorship and we want to know the facts. So we want to know the truth. But unfortunately, it seems that the majority of Americans could really care less. I know we're seeing record turnout in, in voters this year, but specifically and the younger uh, demographics, people don't, they don't understand that there's an issue with censorship going on. Or, like a number of very close friends that I have that I've known my entire life, they just shrug their shoulders and like, meh, there's nothing we can do about it anyway. And they go on about their lives, and they don't seem to care. And I think that's the real battle we're fighting is apathy. All day. Mm-hmm. What are your All thoughts day. on it, James? Um, I, I think it's, my thoughts are probably controversial, but I think it's education based. Absolutely. I think it's education based. I think, that, I think that people have been indoctrinated in this country for the last 40 years through the school systems. Um, people have no fucking clue, um, what they should care about, what they, you know, they just don't have a clue, man. I mean, you can go to any kid in this country right now under the age of 18 and ask them who Benjamin Franklin is, and at best you'll get a response that has something to do with a kite. Try I mean, under the age of 30. These, these people have no idea uh, about anything. that ha- So why, why should they, they – I mean, you can't fault them for not knowing what they should care about. They don't have a foundation to even build off of. So, they can't you know, critically think. Uh, you know, at, to me, it's, it's all about – it's, it starts in the school system and, and, and parents. I mean, parenting sucks too, but, you know, that started back, back when I was a kid, you know. Uh, parents had spanked their kids in public and, holy shit, they get arrested and stuff. I mean, it became a huge thing. You remember that, like, in the probably about 95, 96 time frame, that was the hot topic of the day for, like, you know, months and months in the media. It was all about taking spankings away, for crying out loud. You know, um, so you take indoctrination in the schools and you couple it with shit dick parenting. And what do you got? You know, you got a bunch of kids that are now my age and they're raising kids that are even worse than them. You know, what do you expect? You so, know, it's interesting. Really, that's not my thought. To, not to interrupt, but I was sitting at this school sporting event tonight looking at the distancing around the gym. And, and this was a this is a huge 6A, mega 6A school, huge gym where they were playing volleyball. And, you know, we can't get our kids to even interact with people anymore and get away from their phones. But now, looking around the gym, kids aren't even speaking to each other because they're, the, the school districts make them socially distance and all this. And it, it's I had that exact same thought. This is just furthering the indoctrination because these kids yeah. don't know any different. They're doing what they're told. And none of them, whether they're 14 or 21, 22, 
no one knows how to critically think about this. And you're exactly right. You nailed it on the head. The reason the American public is buying all this is because they don't have any knowledge, foundation, basis of basic science. Well, you know, not to go back to the science stuff, but that's what we're dealing with with this. No, science. COVID science crap. is I the mean, reason of everything, though. Sure, I mean, like, but you know, I mean, like, you know, there's God and 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 science, and like, you know, you basically answer everything with those two, you know, you know, those two things. So, but no one know, thinks. No one critically. But no thinks. one thinks. No one thinks. And James you know, nailed um, it. No, and, and yeah, I think you, it's worse than that too. Like you look at like this year alone, right? We we tied COVID back into this, but look at I don't look at society, right? You walk around, it we got a visual representation this year, a visual representation of what the three percent is. People have talked three percenter thing for how many years, and they're oh, I'm a three percenter. They're wearing these little patches and stupid shirts and shit. I'm a three percenter. Yeah, okay. Well, this year their bluff was called. All yep. these guys are running around with their mask on, playing the game, playing the game, playing the game. Three percent are my ass, you know. We this is a visual representation of who really would throw the tea in the harbor, or who would stand in the shadows and come out at the end and pretend that they were throwing the tea in the harbor because the guys that threw the tea in, fucking won, called the bluff, and the Brits stood down. Right? This is this is just a visual representation this year of who's really what, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's shocking for people to really look at it and see and be like, okay, wow, uh, maybe the 3% is a lot smaller than we thought it is, you know, but it's no different. This is no different than, you know, the any era in history. You look at the, you know, the shit that went on in the Renaissance or the stuff that went on, you know, any point. You can go back, you know, thousands of years or you can look at, you know, just 60 years ago. Uh, I think it's exactly the same. It's just so blatantly obvious to those of us that can think for ourselves. We're, we're, we're stunned because it's happened so quickly, but here we are, you know? I don't know. That's that's my rant. So I know that uh, Jay's short on time here, so I want to make sure that we get this in before we go. So I just kind of want to get uh, predictions, because uh, I, I think this is be fun. Before the elections – and then we're gonna we're all gonna get back together after the election and and see how accurate the the predictions are. So, uh, as far as how the election's gonna go and how the country's gonna react if it goes one way or the other, um, I want I want your predictions on that. So, who wants to who wants to kick that off? Jay needs to go first. I think he's got a okay timetable. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm like a little jaded and stuff. So I actually don't have like I, I could go either way, quite honestly, like um, we've had all the predictive programming and we've had all the soft disclosure over the last like seven or eight months that, the, that no matter who wins, the election is going to be contested. Yes. We know this. Already. Yeah, we know that already. We already know that there's voter fraud. We already know because there was last time and there was the time before that. And, the time before and this that. time. There's all kinds of other stuff that's going on that's going to find itself, uh, you know, materialized that'll sure, you know, sure as shit wind up on the news, whether it's true or not. I don't think it functionally matters who wins. I think that there's a high potential for a shit show in 12 or 15 states. How that's responded to 
will entirely depend upon who's actually pulling the strings and how committed they are for their actual win. Um, I think we're in solid false flag territory. And I think that if, if, uh, if the play is being run for a score to nail America, we're going to see it soon. So I don't think it really does matter who wins because ultimately the citizens are going to lose. How that actually plays out, I'm really not sure. But then again, this is, my, this is the flip side of my coin, is that I don't think people really give a shit one way or another. And I think that there's reason to believe that Trump's going to drive this thing into the end zone with the electorals. Biden will win the popular. It'll go to the Supreme Court and it'll lose. There'll be a shit show and then it'll go away because if Trump wins, he can he can ring the bell on the Insurrection Act and basically just start black bagging people and throwing them in a military tribunal for all these acts of treason that have been happening, you know, forever. But the big ones recently. So. What if Biden I wins? Have, um, Biden wins is actually Harris winning, which is actually the globalist winning, which is actually China winning. Um, if that happens, my fingers are crossed that there's some, uh, people with some deep pockets and long reach that can actually do something about it the old way. And then we have like, then we have some really big problems, right? Because we already have an active destabilization program mm -hmm. that's running on our country right now. So asking for that is asking for war. But sometimes when you get an infection that's really bad, you've got to cut out a bunch of tissue to be able to save the rest. And I think that we're firmly in that position. And um, it's a shit show. This is an absolute shit show. There is nothing organic about this. This is entirely fabricated. And um, everything that's been happening up to this point has been um, done on purpose. That's, all I, that, that, that's what I have to say about that without yeah. being like massively conspiratorial. But I want to do, do a conspiracy show, too. We'll, we'll do that one day. But we're not going to do it today. But. So what I'm hearing is you think Trump's going to win. I think that there's a really decent chance that he's going to win. Okay. Right? I think there's a really decent chance that he's going to win. I also think that there may be some plays in motion to um, um, get in the way of that. Okay. Let's hear what, yeah. uh, let's hear what James has to say. Trump's going to win by a massive landslide in the electoral <clears throat> republicans will keep the senate i got a pretty good feeling they'll take the house if they don't they just wasted eight years for no reason whatsoever because all they got done was uh executive orders uh and then uh let's see what's the other thing um oh and then there'll be riots for six eight weeks in all the major cities they'll cry they'll throw their tantrums They'll eventually die down, and they'll go back to 
coming up with different ways to create chaos for four years. Uh, in the end, though, I look at the uh, big picture. I think that the presidential election is actually probably one of the more meaningless ones that we've had in of the more recent ones. Um, presidential elections are, you know, presidents don't make laws. They sign them in or they veto them out. That's what they do. Um, and you need both sides to get it done when you're this divided. So without the House and the Senate, it doesn't matter. So um, I really think the Republicans keeping the Senate no matter what. So even if Biden and Harris take the presidential spot, who cares? What matters is presidents seat justices, and there's at best one opportunity in the next four years, and uh, that's a lefty justice that's, what, 87 years old? So there's no power shift in the Supreme Court. It's just one position gets younger if that were the case. So I really don't think that the stakes are that high in this particular presidential election other than the fact that uh, if the Trump team wants to get shit finalized permanently, they need the House and Senate. And I don't know, the House is going to be interesting. And what do you think about the the court stacking if Biden... I think it's a total wet dream that'll never happen. I mean, look, FDR couldn't get it done. Uh, These people come up with these crazy ideas. They spill it all over the media and they get people to rally behind it. It's It's all a marketing ploy, but at the end of the day... Uh, if you want to alter the Constitution, there's a process. That process involves all the states. It involves both the House, the Senate, the the presidential. I mean, it, you, you, there's a whole process, and you can't just go, oh, I got an idea. We're going to change the Constitution today, and we're going to do this. And just because you know AOC wants it done, it's done. It doesn't work that way. And, and that's why they hate us. That's why they hate the Constitution. That's why they constantly condition us through the media by calling our country a democracy. We're not a democracy. But they brainwash yeah. us with these buzzwords, right? And they condition us to believe that we're something we're not so that when we find out we're not, we're mad about it. And then we try to rally and we want to make changes. No, you know, that pesky Constitution's in the way that, and that pesky Second Amendment's in the way. Um, it's just, it is what it is. And, you know, thank fuck our founding fathers had their brains together. So, and that goes back to your point of lack of education and the indoctrination within the school system for the last, you know, 50 years. Yep. Um, they think that they can just snow the public, uh, by using their media machine and, and continuing to scream that democracy, democracy and doesn't work that way and and i i take a step further i think the media machine is they i don't they they are using the media machine i think the media machine is they they're they're the ones there you go marty that's of the puppet show (laughs) that's that's what they are that's they they so what about what about you uh jared since you were you were on it there What's your prediction? Oh man, I, I just I really feel like um, I really feel like Trump's going to win, and I think that's going to spell disaster for the major metropolitan areas for the near future. And my fear, if that happens, well, I don't know if it's a fear. I think concern. My concern um, is that that will be a flashpoint in itself because. Those that have been tearing down and burning these cities are going to continue to do it on a larger scale. And then business owners and homeowners are going to start suffering and they're going to start fighting back. And that's that's going to be they're going to start fighting back more. That's Um, my prediction, too, is that enough. We're going to say enough's enough. You had your tantrum. I'm I'm spanking you and I'm I'm sending you to bed now. Yes. And that that's going to escalate. 
things even more, and no one really knows what the ramifications of that are. And, and that really needs to happen, and I hate to say that because people are going to suffer. People are suffering now. Um, Biden, a win, in my opinion, it would be in the long term a bit inconsequential because I think local representation would come into play even more so just like uh, the, the large overreach at the state level that was attempted in Virginia, where the people and the sheriffs stood up and said, no, it's not happening. We're not enforcing it, not on my watch. And um, I, I think you would see more of that if if uh, Biden-Harris ticket were to, to prevail. I think that would drive people closer to liberty, um, and it might might calm things initially. Um, but I really feel like Trump's going to win. Brian. You know, I, uh, I think it's probably, I would say too close to call. I have a gut feeling that absent, um, absent massive voter fraud and, um, you know, some, some things, unknown unknowns, which, yeah. um, you know, 2020 has been the king of, of unknown unknowns. And so very hard for me to see what's actually, you know, there, there's what's actually, there's the ballots being cast and then there's the ballots that get recorded. And, um, you know, there's Project Veritas just released a, an expose on one lady that, that had tampered with 7,000 ballots and um, Trump won by 80,000 ballots. And that was just one lady. So we're talking about razor-thin margins here. Um, and uh, I think the Senate, my guess would be that we hold the, or not we, but the Republicans hold the Senate. And, um, you know, I got a, a decent feeling about Trump winning, um, even with all the, the malfeasance. Um, but the, the media, I haven't, you know, back in July, I started to think that there's no way with the media manipulation going on that this is a free and fair election and now i i very strongly feel that way that that the level of um uh, of malfeasance on the part of of the elites and i i can finally give you your they marty i think there's a decent boogeyman mm -hmm. in the tech giants and mainstream media i think they've outed themselves enough now um to where you can call them a they and i i don't um, I agree. When when you control information, you really do control thought, and there hasn't been a single thing that's fair about the debates. Not that that many people made up their minds on them, but it's just so catastrophic in in its lack of clarity and um, and being reasonably down the middle that uh, it's just too hard for me to see what's going on, and I don't believe any of the polls for a minute. Um, nope. And so, you know, it's just a lot of manipulation and so you know i'll if, if you put a gun to my head i'd say trump but i i i don't know yeah. um i think you know, legitimately that, you know if it's legitimate trump wins you know otherwise you know I, again malfeasance tampering yep. who knows who knows yep. what's going to happen but you know based on you know all the the what ifs and could haves that are, that are going to be put into play you know, when when the uh, when the media 
and the left talk about voter intimidation, I think they, the media, are absolutely guilty of that in the polling because their goal of sharing these so-called polls is to make people think, oh, well, I was going to go vote, but if Biden's that far ahead or, mm-hmm. you know, my I, vote's, my vote's not, not going to make a difference. It's not going to count, no, so that, I'm going to stay home. No, they're, absolute, they're absolutely complicit in uh, social manipulation in, in, in the same capacity that, um, you know, uh, Twitter and Facebook and Google are. It's, it's, it's the, it's, it's the same thing done in a couple different ways. And I think you're totally, totally on, uh, on point there. Now, one interesting thing, I'm always fine looking for people that are smart, that disagree with me just to check myself on whether I've got, whether I'm, whether I'm being reasonable or not. And there's this guy, Dan Carlin, who's a, uh, uh, he doesn't call himself a historian, but everybody else does. He does hardcore history, and he has a, a separate podcast called Common Sense, and he's an old-school talk radio guy, and he's been very quiet during the Trump camp, Trump presidency because he, he said he doesn't understand what's going on anymore. And right. he means pretty libertarian, but he's also pretty far left as well. Um, but I think he's a decent, reasonable person. And um, he put out a, a podcast recently and with a lot of reason behind it, painted a completely opposite picture from the one that I have, that Trump is the next Hitler and that kind of thing. And the way in which he presents it is not crazy. And I, com- I completely disagree with what he's saying, but the history of that man, you know, he, he has a long track record of being a down-the-middle, reasonable kind of guy. And he is praying for a Biden win and sees the acts of the current administration as being just horrific. And so I, I point that out just, uh, you know, it, that, that there are counterpoints out there from, yeah, just, just that there are reasonable people on the other side of this thing. And um, I sure like being in the same country as Dan Carlin, you know, even though I vehemently disagree with him. And... Um, it's it's hard to tease out where the middle really is anymore. You know, yeah. the left keeps the right is moving left and the left is moving left. And so it's hard to find a baseline. Um, but um, I think it's fair to say that most people are scratching their heads. Another interesting opinion, if you guys are interested in, in listening to another one, is um, Eric Weinstein. His uh, podcast is The Portal, and he just did an interview with um, Douglas Murray. And he does a monologue before that on what we're going into. And um, yeah, Weinstein's another lefty, but he spends almost all the time talking about the grave existential threat that uh, social media and mainstream media poses to our country, and he has a brilliant analysis of of the problem. And um, so, you know, there's a, a fellow traveler who might not be politically, you know, and I, I don't think he's a gun guy, that's for sure, um, but he cares about liberty and about the, um, the free exchange of ideas, and I think that's his chief issue is the massive compromise um, – that's happened to our free exchange of ideas. 
The Fiocchi family has been producing high-quality ammunition since 1876. In 2020, Fiocchi's launching a full line of premium products, everything from self and home defense to the long-range categories. The Fiocchi Blue Guardian line will feature specially tuned products specifically for home and self-defense, featuring lead-free technology and the only NATO-certified zero-pollution primer in the world. Fiocchi's a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Fiocchi trains, Fiocchi protects. Uh, you know, we always encourage our listeners to listen to both sides, you know, especially the ones that you don't agree with, because that's going to help educate you more on uh, what you need to be battling against and what's what's coming your way. I think Jay mentioned that one, two two episodes ago. Uh, I'm constantly harping on that, man. Yeah. I, I pay I I I I pay attention. I actively pursue contrarian information um i'm not interested in reading shit that i agree with yeah just i don't need to i I do my own thinking gather my own data make my own conclusion um i just i I just want to be paying attention to the shit that's not right in front of me very well said so i we've got our predictions in uh, we're, I'm going to post this, like I said, pre-election, so our listeners can uh, hopefully catch this before the election, and then we're all going to come together again, and we'll do a, a post-show and kind of uh, see what's what's going on, what's happening. You know, if the power grid's still up, then. It'll be up. <laughs> It'll be up. <laughs> uh, which that brings me to uh, an upcoming guest that I've got that you leadheads aren't going to want to miss out on. Uh, his name is Kyle Mills, and he is an author of over 20 novels. Uh, he took over uh, the Vince Flynn novels of Mitch Rapp. You guys familiar with Mitch Rapp? I am a giant Mitch Rapp fan and Kyle Mills fan. Yeah, he's huh? he's done an outstanding job at continuing Vince's voice. Yeah, he's done like the last six or seven um, Mitch mm-hmm. Rapp uh, series. They did a movie... Um, Last year, year before last, of the the first Mitch Rat book. Yeah, I, uh, American I Assassin. American a couple Ass- times, but it's not a pimple on the ass of the books. Um, it's no. great. Yeah. It's just not a pimple on the ass of the books. It was yeah. enough to get me interested enough to want to get uh, Kyle Mills on <laughs> to start yeah. talking about the book. So we we've got Kyle Mills coming up, and uh, the new uh, Mitch Rap book is about. You know, what if the power grid, you know, our power grid gets get hit and we lose all power? You know, it's going to well, be like actually, a million times actually, worse than it's, Corona. It's been being tickled a lot lately. Yeah, and he talks about that. So he's done yeah. a lot of research on it. So he's got a lot of good insight. Yeah, yeah uh, there's there's all kinds of scary shit going on that you're probably better off not knowing. About. <laughs> I wish I didn't know. Um, but yeah, that's coming up. So you leadheads don't want to miss that. And then... Of course, coming up next year in February, we've got an awesome course with 212 Training Group here in Nashville yeah, at Royal yeah, Range. Yeah. So, Jared, yeah, really talk, about, that. talk about our course we got. Man, super excited to be going to Royal Range, uh, coming to Nashville to see you. Uh, we're always just looking for opportunities to, to share information and share knowledge and 
and get people behind the AK and get people behind, you know, trigger time period. Obviously, um, this is something that is kind of coming to the forefront of people's thought process more and more. Uh, a lot of new gun owners out there, a lot of new AK owners out there. And uh, we're just, we're pumped about sharing knowledge. And, you know, the, the human brain is, is just like a computer. And if it ever has to carry out a process that it hasn't done very much, it's going gonna, it's gonna to run a little slow. And, uh, you know, that's our goal is to just get people behind the gun, uh, get people familiar with it, get people understanding the mechanics, the manipulations. Even though we're going to be at an indoor range, you can, you can learn a tremendous amount about uh, the ballistics of the gun also. So we're super excited about that. We're going to have uh, some great stuff to give away, like a couple of deaf lights maybe. Yeah. I, may be toting, I may be toting some HSP micro chest rigs along with me. Uh, so, so those are a little uh those are a hot item here lately um so man we're gonna have a great time and uh just super pumped about sharing the range with you marty and uh, brian's gonna be there also brian what do you what do you got cooking yeah i'll be there to help out where i can and be bringing some demo rifles with me and um we may have some select fire fun for the students, and uh, not many people have gotten to shoot a full auto 1775, but it's a lot of fun. And um, we may be doing a raffle as well. I can't guarantee that yet, but we'll certainly have a bunch of prizes to give away throughout the throughout the class and uh, some swag and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we're everybody's working really hard to make this a, a great event for you leadheads, and uh, we've already got people signing up and. Uh, you know, had a had a guy down here and just south of me in Colleen, Texas, contact me today. I think he's going to fly up, so uh, nice. we're super excited. Very good, and uh, and uh, Factory Forty Seven is going to be a part of this also with yeah yeah our new line of uh, Talking Lead AK Corner swag. Uh, everyone who registers is going to get a T-shirt, so that's going to be uh, an awesome little bonus there too. Uh, we're going to provide some food for our our students absolutely uh, and we're doing this all at a five-star range royal range usa there in nashville uh and art and the gang there doing a, an awesome job working with us putting this together too um but yeah we're gonna have giveaways for our students there's only 20 slots available and those are gonna fill up quick so you want to go to uh 212's well, website give that Yep, 212traininggroup.com, or you can also get their 212 Firearms Training. Both take you to the same place, uh, 2021 uh, training calendar, and you'll find it there. So just jump in. Yeah, it's going to be well worth the money. I mean, the, the training alone uh, is you know enough to sign up for the class, but all the extras that we're going to have there. Uh, you know, I like to take care of my listeners, like to take care of my lead heads when I've got talking lead. Uh, on one of those training courses, you know we take care of you. You can uh, ask some of our past students. So, well, yeah, it's going to be a good time. And the dates are? February 20th and 21st. going to be a Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, so go ahead, sign up now. If you don't have your ammo, Royal Range USA has ammo. You can contact them, and they will uh, uh, keep the ammo there for you, save it for you. Uh, it'll be waiting for you uh, when you show up to class. You don't have to worry about traveling with it or whether you're going to be able to get the ammo or not uh, i think by february i don't know i think we're i don't think the ammo shortage is going to be any different it's not i doubt it 
it's not. Yeah, probably be worse. So if, the sooner you jump on that, the better. Absolutely. So uh, there you go, guys. Any any last thoughts? Any parting thoughts before we we sign off? Jay and I were talking about this earlier, and uh, you know, real good time if you live in a nasty metropolitan area. Like if you're in Seattle, really good time to take a uh, a little vacation out of town. And I have family members that live in in sketchy areas for that. And yeah, we have got you know generally an axiom in training that don't go to stupid places at stupid times with stupid people, and you'll probably be okay. And, um, you know, major metropolitan areas are, are, have, have a potential for what's that, sir? They have a high threat probability right now. There you go. It's, it's interesting you say that because there's a, uh, there's a relatively, uh, small town about 70 miles west of Fort Worth, Texas, and they have an, a, uh, unusually long runway and, I What's heard, on it right now? Uh, a, I believe it was a G5 from somewhere in New York. Yeah. That somebody basically expressed they were uh, getting out of town for a little while. Yeah. Now, not, all, a, not all those can, we can't all hop on one of those and get out of town, but, you know. No, but <laughs> I, I can tell you that there is a gigantic exodus from, um, from the tri state area that's been, um, uh, percolating and um has been increasing over the last couple days um so somebody's thinking about it i would say that there are probably actionable uh uh, intel packages that have been circulated amongst certain uh certain people that have you know said hey you know certain um, circles yeah. yeah, certain circles have been advised. Um, you know, I got, I got a, uh, I got some information today that there's, um, you know, that, I mean, it's not like a big deal. It's not like secret squirrel shit, but there's uh, uh, domestic private security contractors uh, contracts that are being filled right now just to uh, um, work at the high rises, and um, you know. It could get a little sporty in some places, so they're um, allocating some funds to um, something more than mall cops at some of these places, which is, you know, it's a reasonable expectation. It's, you know, it's a, you know, logical process. Given, nothing given the past actions, yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, I mean, Manhattan's uh, largely boarded up still in, you know, a lot of places. So, you know, whatever. But, so, yeah. And I mean, if you're in one of those high, high risk, high threat areas, like Brian said, it'd be a good time to go visit some relatives in uh, not so threatened area before the before the mass exodus happens, and you know you can't get out. Well, you know, a couple bridges and a couple tunnels can be uh, shut down really fast. Mm-hmm. So you know, being being on uh, you know Manhattan's probably not a great idea unless you plan on staying. Yep. Very good. All right, Leadhead. So uh, that does it for this episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Uh, we're going to be back with this crew post-election. And uh, I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Hopefully we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be fine. We're we'll American. Be here. But uh, right. in we'll the meantime, uh, we've got several uh, 
other episodes coming out between now and then that you're not going to want to miss, uh, especially the one with Kyle Mills. Uh, it was really good, so you, know, you guys aren't going to want to miss that one. Uh, so, as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. And your powder dry. Any favorite submission? This is James with Factory 47, reminding you to live free, but if you must die, die with your boots on. Outtakes, outtakes, outtakes. Come up with some fucking tagline. I didn't have one. Don't, don't. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's think for a second here. I'm James motherfucking Unlimited. <laughs> Worldwide, bitch. You can catch me on World Star Hip Hop. You were on an episode. You know how this rolls. Dude, I'm still new. <laughs> Newbie. Prestige Worldwide Factory 47. Get some. Uh, my name's James, and I'm low key famous. <laughs> low key famous. Oh man, what did I say last time? Just cut the one from last time and paste it in. There. No, you got you got to do a new one. You got to do a new one. That's how you do every time. It, not every time, but come on. Oh, what did I say last time? And your Gucci black hole AK shit closer. I don't know, man. Did you I'm do James consigliere of everything fucking great? Oh, there you go. There, there you go. That's the one, right? Yep, do that. All right. Live free, but if you must die, die with your boots on. Well, how about with some fucking conviction? That was sir? some <laughs> Fuck you. Get up in it. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, thank, you, on, Brian. thank you, Brian. Come on, Mike. Come, Come on. Come on, Do this. <laughs> Smack him around. Get it. Uh, dude, you're a big guy. You can't be hitting you like that. <laughs> All right. This is James with Factory 47 reminding you to live free, but if you must die, die with your boots on. Is that better? Yeah, it sounds yeah, like NOR, better. man. That was great. <laughs> That but was, I bet Marty. But he can cut that. that part. Probably. Already cut little ticker thingy. I'm a ge- I'm an editing genius, but I like the way you said who you are and who you're with too. That was, that was a nice right? touch. I brought it because I got my shoulder popped like six times. 